Joining us right now is the general manager of the Rams, who, who I'm guessing did not sleep much this weekend, uh, Les Snead. Les, thanks for coming on, man. How you thanks, holding Les. up? You know what I did do, though? I watched the uh, what y'all were just talking about uh, last night, though. Yeah. What'd you think? Whatever the last, oh, I'm, a, I'm well. Going back, I'm a huge uh, Phil Jackson fan. So at one time, when I was uh, probably living in the South, I was a Lakers fan because of Phil. But I was, I was reading Phil's early books. Some of those books they were showing uh, uh, that he he wrote early in his life. For whatever reason, somebody connected me into this Phil Jackson guy. So bought into to his uh, his paradigms, his philosophies, and been a fan of his. Uh, my entire life, even though I've never met him. Wow, we're going to have to arrange that sometime. We're going to have to get you two uh, guys on the phone. Be a, that would be a, a dream <laughs> kind of arrangement. You know, yeah, yeah. We, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what we can do. Okay, let's talk about the draft. Um, Les, you normally, Mace and I were both predicting uh, and telling fans, don't be surprised if Les makes a trade. You're normally a pretty active trader on draft day, and you did do some maneuvering late. But you didn't do anything into the first round, and you stuck with your guns in the second round. Were you close at any point in making a trade? I think it, it, I think I, I can say that uh, basically, as the draft, and we kind of knew it, Cam was was our number one target at that pick. Uh, and uh, and you and you going through this right, you're trying to predict which runners are, are going to be available, and, and that was a position we we definitely desired. Uh, especially early in this draft, the way the draft was going to go and, and the quality of runners. So in that situation, you are monitoring. You're trying to figure out, okay, uh, what teams. We did know that once uh, LSU went pick 32 the night before, there was going to be a run on running backs. And you try to you try to figure out which teams are going to pick runners. And if there's a surprise team, uh, you know, it could take, a, you know, one more off the board that could cause you maybe to uh, try to attack and move up. So you're always trying to figure out who may pick uh, the player you want before you. Is somebody behind you trying to move up to pick that player before you? But ultimately settled in and decided that uh, uh, with a you know educated guess that, that Cam was going to fall, fall to us at 52. You know, uh, Les, I was absolutely on top of this with uh, Cam Akers because I told everybody and virtually guaranteed you were going to go linebacker. Um, and <laughs> and got it completely wrong. Why why did you go runner there? Was that was that number one target for you all along? Uh, we knew that we wanted to uh, again increase. Let's call it uh, explosiveness at the at the running back position in this draft uh, after uh, moving on from Todd. So we could have gone many different ways in that if if the let's say this if cam wasn't there and if there wasn't another running back that we felt like was worthy of that second round pick you always have to have a plan to go okay who's our next running back after that is that player is that particular player worth the second round pick there and maybe if not can you get that player later? And if so, how? Where do? You, where can you get that player? And that's always a guess. So, it's not always going to fall the way you want it to. But the way this draft was going to work, it did seem like was based on all the other positions going that you were going to push the runners in this draft, uh, maybe into the second round, and that was going to be a good spot to pick a winner. And it worked out that way, where you were all you were one pick away from no runners going in the first round. 
Right. Yeah, the 32 pick was the was the first running back. We're talking to Les Snead, the GM of the Rams. Um, you mentioned that Cam Akers was your target, and that was the guy you, you had your eye on at 52, and you got him out of Florida State. Um, there were some other pretty good runners on the board, Les, including Dobbs, uh, Dobbins from Ohio State, some other guys that, that you could make a pretty compelling argument. Why was Akers the guy that you targeted? What impressed you about Cam? That's, I mean, Cam was... You, you take a look at him at Florida State. One of the more impressive things that he did at Florida State was, uh, and and if you look at what's happened at that program the last couple of years, uh, you know, this year Cam was the only player drafted in Florida State. I think last year maybe they had one or two. So uh, whatever's occurred there over, you know, since Jimbo left, uh, you know, their, their talent has depleted, especially on the offensive line. But ultimately, it's Cam Ake was one of the best players on that team running behind uh Probably a less than uh, offensive line. There was a lot of a lot of defenses in the ACC lined up and said, "Today we got to stop Cam Akers," and, and they loaded the box to do it. And and when you really broke him down and evaluated him, you could see him, his vision, patience to find uh, daylight uh, when there wasn't a lot is probably more probably I'd say more translatable to the NFL because there's not going to be a lot of daylight in this league as well. So uh, those type things are the things you look at, things you really do when you get into the nuances. And and you know what? When when he was able to, to break tackles, he can run away from people and then he can catch the football. So he's a, he's definitely a, a, a three-down running back for us. Uh, you go Van Jefferson with your second pick in the draft, wide receiver. Uh, obviously, uh, Brandon Cooks is no longer there. Uh, you've got uh, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Josh Reynolds. Where where does Van Jefferson slot into that group, and what do you envision for him? It's a, Van's an interesting because we were coming in, even with the trade of Brandon, we, we felt like we had a deep uh, you know, receiver room with the, with the emergence of Josh Reynolds over the past uh, couple of years when he's gotten a chance to play and, and, and thrive when he did. But uh, as we evaluate, once we made the trade uh, – uh, for Brandon, we did want to come back, circle back, okay, really scrutinize the receivers that were going to be in and around uh, our picks in the second, third round, just to make sure we weren't passing on somebody that's going to go on and be a productive player. But uh, it, when we sat and watched Van, he's, I mean, I think it was, it's been said, right, really, really good route runner. It's it, often in the draft room, we described him as some mix between uh, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. And, uh, you know, kind of a, a combination of those two players. And those two players have been extremely successful for us, and especially in, in the Sean McVay offense. So we uh, we're talk- like he'll be able to come in and back up all positions and, and even contribute. Uh, we're talking to Les Snead, the GM of the Rams. Les, I'm sure you don't pay any attention to mock drafts, but every every website has them, and everybody's got one. We Mason and I did one. The ESPN mock, which is basically Mel Kiper and Todd McShay, I don't know if you knew this, had Terrell Lewis from Alabama going to you at 52. He thought he was going to – they thought, oh, he's a good fit for the Rams. Uh, he's going to go either 52 or 57. You got him at 84. In the third round at eighty four, were uh, so two two part question here. Were you surprised he was still there at eighty four, and what attracted you to him? Well, I, I I think anytime the draft falls that way for you, and and it's someone that you could have drafted at at fifty two or fifty seven, you decide to pass, and the player's still there for you around later. Uh, 
Look, so you did look at you did look at him early at fifty two and fifty seven. He was on he your was board. Definitely uh, a player that would be in the mix there, depending on how how it would would have fallen. So when he's there at eighty four, you know what? This is you know it's a bonus, and 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 those are the moments. I mean, it, every draft doesn't work that way, but I think at the end of the day, might have fallen uh, for the fact, obviously, for some of the medical issues he had there. Uh, you know, uh, early in his career. At Alabama, that's 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 speculation, but that's possibility. But the thing that that definitely attracts you take take the the ability uh, to rush out of it uh, with Brandon, our new defense coordinator. He really likes length on the edges. So uh, Leonard Floyd being a long human being, uh, Terrell Lewis being six foot five, two hundred and sixty plus pounds close to 34 inch arms in this you know 84.13 wingspan that's kind of NBA basketball type wingspan and and so he definitely fit what Brandon likes to to load up on the edges because long people can uh, help you stop the run cover more ground things like that but uh, his ability to 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 explode in a short area is his, is his calling card along with his length to, to help him uh, you know, uh, make QBs nervous every now and then rushing the passer. Now, one pick that the so-called experts uh, love, Les Snead from the Rams, by the way, is with us, Mason in Ireland, 710 ESPN, uh, is safety Terrell Burgess uh, from Utah, who you took at 104. You've got a really good young secondary. Last year, Taylor Rapp really emerged uh, in his rookie season. John Johnson, obviously Jalen Ramsey's back there. Uh, talk about what uh, what you saw in this kid out of Utah. He's versatile. He's been a corner before, uh, safety this year, and and also would go down and play nickel for them at, at Utah. When interesting when you you, you watched him at the Senior Bowl uh, during one on ones, a lot of times they'll throw the safeties in with the corners, and and because of that corner background, he he was covering. Uh, wide receivers at the senior bowl in the one-on-one settings and and one-on-one setting is usually going to be tilted toward offense uh he he looked like a corner so i think it's that versatility we see in the nfl now where there's many times there are five and six uh defensive backs on the field and and it allows us to uh and brandon to be creative with how he uses those five and six dbs and and as we saw it uh, over the last two years, last year uh, more uh, with Taylor, the year before with John is bringing one of those safeties in, kind of in that linebacker position in some of those known passing downs that just give you more uh, more players who can cover uh, in, on the field in, in those situations. So that's what he adds for us. Uh, we're talking to Les Need, the Rams GM, uh, ESPN 710 LA. Les, a lot of teams don't draft kickers. You just you guys have, have went out and found a couple of guys and signed to bring them in to compete. You guys did use one of your seventh round picks on a kicker, Sam Sloman. Why the, why a kicker? And, and it, there must have been something you noticed because most of the time those guys don't get drafted. Well, t- interestingly, uh, uh, he was someone that was being recruited. Uh, by a couple of other teams uh, in the NFL uh, for college free agency, uh, you know that were that were looking uh, for kickers, and there was a few of us. It wasn't it? Seems like we were the only team, right? Maybe New England didn't have a kicker on the roster, and they took one in the fifth round that took him out of the mix. So uh, I do know. Uh, 
there were two other teams recruiting Sam and what, and by us, uh, when we made that trade, uh, in the fourth round, we did know that, okay, we're going to get a couple more seventh rounders and that could be the bonus pick to allow us, uh, to go ahead and, and take Sam out of college free agency, that whole recruiting deal where you're not sure how it's going to go because you, you, you'd have three teams recruiting a player to come in and compete and they're probably all telling him, you know, pretty much the same thing. You got a chance to win a job. So uh, when we made the trade, that was one of the reasons we did there uh, in the, in that fourth round was move back, get a couple extra sevens to give us a, you know, I call it a bonus pick to 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 pick Sam and, and take him off that college free agent market. Hey, uh, last thing for me, uh, you go into out of the draft, you go into the season where you sign undrafted free agents. Uh, tell us uh, about any gems that you've been able to find uh, on that market. You, it's uh, that's a it's a that's a passionate passion project for our group and the way we do it. You know, we we pair some personnel uh, staff with with the you know particular specific coaches at those positions, and, and, and they they dive in uh, here kind of in in early April into the players that you 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 predict to fall out of the draft, and, and they they do a nice job, really. Uh, Really, uh, uh, let's call it working the system and trying to recruit. And 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 we've had the way we pl- allow those college free agents to play in the in the preseason when when Sean has kind of rested the, the you know the known vets. It gives them a, a good chance to get on film. So uh, probably over the last two or three years, we probably have more college free agents from our our team either playing with us or other teams in the NFL because they get that exposure. But I, I would, it, here's, here's how it works. I do know it, as you're, as you're recruiting and, and you, and you feel like it's going your way, it does allow you to, to make other picks maybe in the seventh round. Cause you're jacked about some of these uh, picks you have at these other uh, positions. But uh, the one, uh, the story I would tell you is our defensive line coach really likes the kid. We, we signed out of Brown. What about that? An Ivy league. Ivy league. Wow. <laughs> you know, I, I, I remember during the, uh, he was the most creative in texting me during the draft in terms of, uh, I call it all the, uh, all the what do you all the uh, pictures of the uh, the the brown uh, mascot and logos and and it would get it gets pretty creative when those coaches are fighting for you maybe to draft their their favorite uh, college free agent but so uh, we're jacked about it uh, I know when you when you sit down and talk with them and you see some of these guys and their pedigree uh, each position has has some has some good good players I know our wide receiver group's done a good job the last few years they're. They're jacked about the Syracuse player, and, and hey, we got a fast kid coming from up at Cal Poly. So uh, I could name names, but uh, that is uh, that is good content to watch that group go to work uh, after the draft and try to land their favorite uh, CFAs. And we've had a, we've had success the last few years. Troy Reader was one last year, and, and he ended up uh, you know starting a few games for us. Uh, Les, thank you for doing this, man. We know you've had a crazy weekend, but we really appreciate Congratulations on what looks to be a great draft. Yeah, thanks, Les. I'm really excited. Time will tell. Time will tell. (laughs) There you go. Amen. All right, Les, have a great week. Thanks, Thanks, Les.